Absolute power corrupts absolutely. everyone and welcome once again it is that time 10 a.m eastern standard time on a fine sunday holiday morning the day after 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 um the fourth of july it's the fourth of july weekend <clears throat> welcome to the master plan i am jt aka the master the number to call in is 347-637-3220. 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to Master, and that's me. All right. Today, people, uh, also, uh, let me let me put this uh, bit, bit out there before I get into the show. We have a chat room sitting out there. If you'd like to ask a question, uh, make a statement or a comment in that chat room. You can also do that. Um, I'll be glad to answer it on the air or answer it quite naturally uh, through the chat room. In my opinion, if you ask a question, most questions are, are, in my opinion, in fact, no question, in my opinion, is a dumb question if you don't know the answer. And it, quite naturally, that's why you ask the question. So the only way you're going to find out is to, is to ask the question. So. Whatever you do, it's there for you if you like to. All right. Uh, like I said, I'm JT, and we're going to be talking today about a few things. One of the things we're going to be talking about, the first thing, not the first thing, but yeah, the first, yeah, the first thing we're going to be talking about would be the NBA and the uh, amount of signings and the amount of money and who going where and uh, what it may look like come the 2015-2016 season and who will be the last person or last team standing uh, as we see it right now uh, with the makeup uh, of the new lineups, some of the new lineups, I may not be going through all of them, but some of them, of the teams that what I may deem that are in contention um and some new teams that may be in contention or strengthen their teams through the uh, free agency that took place, started uh, July 1st. And this is only July 5th, 
and there's been some big signings and some player movement that's going to, I th- feel, tip the uh, um, power scale. More, like I said, who's going to be the last person, last team standing, I should say. So we go through that and see see uh, if I, if it makes any sense to you what I'm talking about or I don't know what I'm talking about. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is a surprise. Hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you catch me in the archives because I did not announce it ahead of time. And that may be my fault, but I decided to do this to break the mold of what I've normally been doing uh, over the years, starting with the fantasy rankings in, in, in August. I'm going to go out on a little limb here. Uh, and and uh, get out of my comfort level. And I'm going to start the fantasy rankings this weekend. That's right. From now until the last position, I'm hitting tight ends today. Uh, quarter, quarterbacks will be following, and then uh, wide receivers, and then I always en- end up and in, in stop with running backs. And uh, I always stop with running backs for the simple reason that that's the, uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, that's the most volatile position, meaning there's some rookies out there. Excuse me. There's some rookies out there that may be taking over positions uh, from veterans or sharing uh, the position with a one or two year veteran or maybe an older veteran that I'm interested in. And uh, as they get closer or even start training camp. And, and, you know, I may revise some of these, especially the running backs. So even though I have my early projections, I think what I'm going to do is this. The tight ends, quarterbacks, wide receivers are pretty much set. Um and what they're going to be. Uh, you pretty much can guarantee that uh, whoever is going to be the starting tenant tight end is not going to get overtaken by a rookie. And conversely, a quarterback, um, quarterback for most for the most part, the rankings probably won't move that much up or down. Same with the wide receivers. But the running back position is a key position because they have a tendency to get uh, hurt more because the volume of carries that they have. And um, depending on who's their roster, either behind them or they're competing with. So, like I said, some of these rookies in certain certain uh, um, teams like Jacksonville, Atlanta, uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, just, just to name a few, could have positions reversed, meaning they may not be the backup. They may start out as the backup, but not end up that way beginning of the season. Or they're in a timeshare, and depending on what the starting running back starts off with beginning of the season, they may take over as a full-time running back, and I'll, I'll say that accordingly, that you should pick them up. Because the fact is that this kid is going to eventually take over the position. But we'll, we'll reach that point when we get to it, which will be a few weeks down the road, when we do the last of the rankings for the um, 
of fantasy, which is the running backs. But first, let's start this off with um, the NBA and how we see what the NBA is all about. And, and uh, the big money doesn't come in until next year. Uh, but these guys, some of these guys are running and jumping in max deals or getting paid. I mean, really getting paid. I think the cap is between 145 and 150 million right now for each team. And those teams are taking advantage of that. Uh, so let me, uh, let's, let's move over to the NBA free agency of the 2015. Now, one that just took place pretty recently, like in the last day or so was one that I think is significant. And I'll start off with that one. I really start off with that one. I think, well, the, the first two that I'm going to start off is, is significant. And uh, I think for the reason that Tim Duncan, Mona Ginobili, Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, the big three, four, I should say, right? These guys have won... Um, championships and multiple championships with each other, depending on what combo you're talking about, with Greg Popovich. And they grab one of the bit better big men, not one of the, the best big men, out of free agency and grab them away from the Portland Trail Trailblazers in Lamarcus Ulrich. Now, Tim Duncan is not too long for the NBA world. We all know that. He's 38 years old, 39, somewhere around there. But he's on the downside of his career, on the twilight of his NBA career. And uh, Greg Popovich and his, and his system is looking for a, uh, a replacement for, for that player. Now, I'm not saying that Marcus Ulrich is a Tim Duncan, but... He's a hell of a replacement, a lot younger. He's got a very good all-around game, and it, Portland's loss, it's going to be San Antonio's game. He signed a four-year deal, $80 million. He's getting paid $20 million a year, people. Must be nice. Uh, I, I'm a height challenge, I should say, but if I had been born with um, extraordinary height, that four-year, $80 million, well, I'd be a little further back, but I would be getting paid. Let me put it that way. Lead a different lifestyle, live a different life, family, different life, all that all that good stuff that goes with uh, a life as a professional player. And if you're, you're a real good, good player, you'll get paid some real good money. LaMarcus Aldridge and his family, four years, $80 million. Must be nice. You can't even imagine what that would do for a, a guy if he knows how to handle his money. That's the key. You get that $20 million a year contract. You don't go buck wild. If you have He's been in the league for a little bit, so I would imagine he'd probably have all the toys that he could possibly want or think of and invest that $80 million 
completely at $20 million a year. So when his playing career, just like Tim Duncan is over, he can reap the benefits without playing in the NBA. And that money is guaranteed. This is this is not the NFL. That money is guaranteed. All these guys, do you see whatever that contract is worth is what they're going to get paid, whether they play in or, or a triple double every day that they in the NBA. They have they only score five points, two rebounds, um, foul out every game or majority games and play like garbage on defense. Um, that's guaranteed. He's going to get that money regardless. If he gets hurt, his NBA career is over, he's still going to get that money. That's how it works. So the risk is all on the team because the, the player is going to get paid. Plain and simple. Four years, $80 million. And like I said, Portland's loss is San Antonio's gain. All right, let me move, let's move down to and 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 uh, Allrich uh, is from Texas, so he's going to be close to his family. So you know, um, there's going to be some hands out. I hate to say it like that, but there's going to be some hands out because now he's in the same state as his family, and family and friends are going to be looking for Lamarcus. They all know he got this big big boy contract. All right, let me let's bring in my uh, esteemed um, co-host for today. Excuse me for today, it would be Mr. Vic Gardner. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing great. You sound rather tired, rather uh, sluggish. Well, I'm a little <laughs> under the wet. I'm a little under the weather. I got oh, a okay. uh, un- unfortunately a summer cold. I was fighting yesterday and been fighting for the last couple of days, and uh, a little under the weather. I'm, but uh, I'm here. Um, I may not be my cheery, uh, leery, cheery Jerry, but uh, I'm still here um, and uh, laying down the knowledge as I always can. That's all counts. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, laying maybe. down the knowledge on, on bad <laughs> deals that you couldn't make with me because you're too scared. But this is your show today. Really? I'm going to Re- really? let you run it. I'm gonna really? Let you run it. Really? And, you know. Uh, really? Since you're talking about basketball, I'll let you finish because I thought you were going to tight ends. But really, really, you're going to you're going to treat me like this? Really? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess you can do that because you're on the West Coast and you leave. You're ready to go out of country, so uh, you're going to try to get your parting <laughs> your parting shots oh, until yeah. you can you can talk to me again. That's okay though. I understand. I understand. Yeah, you know, you know. I understand <laughs> that that yellow streak, but I understand that's not, no problem. Oh. <laughs> no yellow streak, loser. Uh, All right, let's move to this guy. Let's move to this guy uh, because I think this is it's is a big hit, and the first two guys I talk about are really important to their team in the NBA, and it's a big hit. Well, this team, I think it, it it's one of their um, uh, um, core guys that um, bring some nastiness to the t- to the team that's been labeled for a long time, and I still think they are a soft team, uh, soft in heart and soft in mind. 
And now they've lost the guy that one of the guys that that had a uh, a, a lot of heart. Um, and I'm talking about DeAndre Jordan that left the uh, uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, that big presence inside, and also signed an eighty million dollar contract, and moved his talents, and also to Dallas, to to the state of Texas, but to the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban, Dirk Nowitzki, and company. Now, like I said when I first premised this uh, uh, and talked about it before um, we started going into these players, the balance of power is shifting. Really, I mean, you, you got the uh, Spurs who picked up Aldridge. I mean, that's a monster right there with the t- with the team they have already, and now they got they they landed Aldridge, and now they got uh, Dirk Levinsky and company have uh, DeAndre Jordan to give him that toughness, to give him that true grit, so to speak, in the middle. Um, that they needed uh, badly, and 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 probably given some uh, a little bit more heart on that team. Not to say they didn't, but just just the edginess that DeAndre Jordan brings. Um, and then the next guy, he got he didn't get as much. I mean, I don't know how you're going to live with it, but he, he didn't get as much from the Bucks. I'm talking about what that a guy that was coveted from um um. For the Knicks, they were really trying to get this guy, and he decided to go to uh, uh, the kid, meaning Jason Kidd and company, with that young team and that uh, upper rising team in the East, and they're going to be a, a serious problem with Greg Monroe, uh, who signed a deal three years. And I don't know how he's going to live on fifty million dollars, but I think he'll be a, able to 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 get by. He's getting uh, what uh, fourteen million, uh, thirteen and a half million dollars, something like that a year. Uh, that's kind of tough to take too. You know, two guys on top here. I men- mentioned twenty million dollars a year, and Greg Monroe who takes a paltry thirteen and a half million dollars or more, thirteen point three three quarters of a million, something like that. Victor, um, before I get into any of these other guys, what's your thoughts on the top three that I'm talking about? Lamarcus Aldridge. DeAndre Jordan, Greg Monroe. I'll start with Monroe because you finished with him. Um, let's think about it this way. Monroe, you, you call it poultry. Um, and by NBA standards, it is. However, he is not going to um, be that impact player that giving him $90 million over like three years or, or four years, whatever the case may be, that uh, that disappointment, set up for the disappointment. Now, he went to Milwaukee, and he understands that Milwaukee is an up-and-coming team, and in order to draw uh, free agents there, they need more than just Jason Kidd. They need folks that are willing to, you know, come to a very small market, even though, you know, the, the Packers and and uh, the Brewers are the money setters. Milwaukee's an afterthought. Let's be honest. The the basketball franchise, it's an afterthought. It's, lack of a better word, a farm system. So when you take that little bit of money, you go there, you say, okay, fine, I'll play here. 
we can get in the playoffs next year. Um, I think they went to the playoffs this year, if I'm not mistaken. Or they were yep. just. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, you know, uh, all he wanted to do was play for a winner. He wanted to win. And he didn't take a lot of money. He sees there's a young nucleus there, especially with um, the uh, Athens assassin. I think uh, Iraq, I cannot get his name right. But there's a lot of young talent in Milwaukee. So he's hedging his bet on, okay, they're young. I can, you know, help them. And um, there's going to be money later on um, for, to bring other people that might want to come there. At least that's my thinking for him as far as Aldridge goes. Um, it was reported that he was going to go to the to the Spurs regardless. I mean, I think uh, that's a good move for him because he'll be close to home. He'll go to a coach and an organization that has a history of winning. And think about it this way. Just think about it. Here, here's your front court. Aldridge, Duncan, T.Y. Leonard. You still got Tony Parker, even though, you know, two of those three people I mentioned were, were are aging folks. Right. But but they have the experience and the championships and the know-how to impart to him. And he needs the – he doesn't need the structure, but he has a structured environment that will teach him how to have that killer instinct and win and be non-selfish. Uh, He's not a selfish player to begin with, but – the word was he did not want to play the five. He, not at all. Not at all. So you, you can move ten to the five, and, you know, you'll have him as a rebounder as opposed to an offensive threat all the time because, let's face it, Tim is no longer an offensive threat. You can put uh, Aldridge there, let him uh, let the offense go through him, and Tim be the cleanup man, Mr. Fundamental. Um, so that's a good opportunity for him. And finally – DeAndre Jordan. Now, I don't know if he sees something on the wall with the Clippers as far as, well, their window of opportunity has closed or is really closing, or he sees a bigger opportunity with with Dallas. You know, you play with Dirk Nowitzki, who can still fill the bucket up. All you have to do is grab rebound. Do what you've been doing in 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 um in LA. And I truly think his was a money move. I think DeAndre Jordan's was a money move. Mainly because, you know, Dallas plays a similar style of offense, but their weapons are not as good as um as as the Clippers. Okay, you got Chandler Parsons at small forward. Then you have him at center and you have Dirk at uh, power forward. Then your point guard is who? I forgot. Uh, it was Rajon Rondo, but he's not going to be there. Uh, then you have um, uh old boy that played for Golden State at point guard, got moved to uh, the Mavericks, and is now the shooting guard. can't remember his name right now. Um, but he's learning how to uh, – uh, be a team player because for the longest this kid was just shooting a rock. DeAndre goes from one team to a very similar team. Um, now here's the problem, JT. All of them went to the West. Why? 
if you want to go to the championship game, the NBA Finals, you go to the East and know that if you get on one of these teams that's growing, let's say a Boston, let's say a Wizards. No. And I, I, no. Just hear me out. Just hear yeah. me out. I'm here. You get on one of those teams, you have a better shot at making it to the Finals than going through the treacherous West. Now, I got it. LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, they're probably going to go to the championship next year, but you never know. Injuries like this year might come up. Something bad might come up. You never know. But for me, if I'm thinking about going to the championship, I'm going to go to the East. I'm going to look at the Eastern teams first and then the Western Conference. Well, the problem, yeah, but the problem with this, Victor, the teams that wanted him in the East were in, in not a position to even get it for the most part get in the playoffs, <clears throat> much less uh, contend for a, 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 the Eastern Conference title. Um, so it would have been difficult for him to go because then he would be on basically a I would yeah a project team like the Knicks, which is not even close to being in, in, on, in the playoffs. Um, and and um, I know the Lakers wanted him too. Uh, so both those teams, whether it's in the West with the Lakers or the Knicks, and, and from what I understand, these teams try to play the name recognition, meaning we're the Lakers, we're the Knicks, come play for us. Um, and these guys, for the most part, were all about winning. I want to go to a team that is in, in, in place right now that has a shot. So if you go to the West, you know all a lot of the teams on the West, especially the teams that sign these players, are playoff teams for one, uh, for the most part, unless somebody gets hurt in a devastating injury, and you can never predict those. And uh, have a shot if the if the cards fall your way to go to the to the finals and have the real shot which i think the the team in the west somebody in the west is going to win regardless of whoever is in the east um they're going to be dominant for the next few years uh the west meaning uh meaning the west I should say that um nobody likes to go to a team even though they're getting paid uh exorbitant amount of money and not winning so you know, after a while, that's a, a morale, um, a morale downer. So they want to go someplace where they they have a feeling that they're going to contend year in and year out, or has an aging player, as in the case of Lamarcus Aldridge, that Tim Duncan is is not too long for the NBA world. I said that earlier, and that he'll be able to um, transition Aldridge uh, to being the big guy. Uh, for the Spurs when Duncan finally decides to hang him up. So these guys, they're no dummies, um, and uh, figuring out uh, the long-term effect of them making a move like this. Because they're signing uh, three- and four-year deals um, when they're basically in their prime. So they want to be able to maximize uh, their ability to win and maximize the ability to to get effective playing time in the best possible possible situation. So I understand going to teams that 
have a better chance, maybe not a better chance, but but uh, more of an opportunity because of the parity in the East. But they make up a lot of those teams in the East are uh, piss poor at best, and you'll be um, not in a good situation and, and hope that they contend, not knowing that you're going to contend when you if you go to a team in the West. All right, let me uh, let's take a break. I'm gonna take a break, and when when we come back, because I only want to talk about a few of them, and I'm quite naturally I did talk about a few. I talked about the top three that uh, I wanted to talk about. I mean, there's plenty more that you could talk about, but I want to I want to spend uh, the other half hour talking about uh, these tight ends. Maybe we'll go over in overtime, but I want to talk about the top uh, 25 tight ends. I see. Uh, maybe may I even pare it down maybe to the top 10. But I, I want to get some tight ends in here because. Some of them are uh, maybe questionable to uh, my co-host, and maybe not. And like I said, uh, we're going to be starting the fantasy rankings now because I talked to you, Victor, and you told me you were drafting, What I guess, today. If you didn't, you're going to be. And I'm saying to myself, why did you draft it so early? And then I listened to a few other people and saying, you know, you can draft anytime quite naturally. I know that. I said, well, why not get my rankings out a little bit earlier than I normally do, which I start in the month of August? What the heck? I can always revise them. I, I said I'm going to revise. Um, and, and the thing about it, before I go to this break, I'm going to tell you this. And, I'll, and I, I, I said it earlier, I'm going to tell Victor because he wasn't here. This is how I feel. Tight end, quarterback, and wide receiver um, rankings really won't change that much from the time we talk about them before training camp and the first and the beginning of the season starts. The ones that really change and really have uh, um, um, could change, I wouldn't say drastically, but, but could be changed markedly are the running backs because of the, the amount of rookie running backs that may be an ideal position to take over the starting position. Or uh, if they were anticipated to take over starting position, they may take a secondary position because the vet, uh, one of the running backs that's there now, may be taking taking the, the starting position, and, and the rookie has to has to back up the guy. So I may put him out. Uh, quite naturally, I'm going to talk about the running backs last, which is a few weeks down the road. But they're easier to. Um, it makes more sense to re- revise that ranking than it is all the other ones because the other ones are pretty much set. Um, they're not going to change that much, in my opinion. All right, let's take a break. Um, uh, take a c- couple minute break, and then we'll be back, and we'll start with the uh, tight ends in fantasy. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the fantasy sports and politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry the Master Taylor will go over the weekend sports prep you for your upcoming fantasy games and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. 
That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash B-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 for other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts, Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 and listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Okay, we are back. Uh, I'm JT, a.k.a. The Master. This is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Vic Gardner, for today. And uh, we're going to be talking about fantasy football now. We're going to be talking about tight ends. Okay. Let's start off with the, I think we're going to go 25. We'll, we'll start 25. How's that? Um, and uh, we'll start at number 25 that I think this guy um they have high expectations for this guy uh, being uh, that it's his second year. He was getting his feet wet as a tight end in the NFL and at a, with a quarterback that can uh, is a very good passer. Um, he has one, one or two targets right now um, in Megatron and in Golden Tate. And uh, I think um, Eric Ebron, who was the 10th pick overall last year out of North Carolina, uh, is my uh, number 10, 25, I should say, number 25 uh, tight end. Um, quite naturally, he uh, was uh, um, learning the the uh, his trade, being a tight end, very inconsistent, quite naturally, as a rookie tight end. And a lot of rookie tight ends are very inconsistent, unless you're, you're a top-tier tight end. And he, he is not that yet. But uh, in my opinion, Eric Ebron is um, can emerge as the number three pass option out of the uh, Detroit offense uh, behind uh, quite naturally Megatron and Golden Tate. But he has to make sure that he is is uh, stays a little bit more consistent than he has been uh, in his rookie year. So as I speak, twenty five, Eric Ebron. What's your thoughts, Mister uh, Vic- Victor? What do you thought about that? Okay. Eric Ebron. Um, I'll tell you why I had number 25. I had Jared Cook, actually, at number 25. Eric um, Ebron, where do I have him? That's a good question. Give me two seconds and I'll tell you. Eric Ebron, Eric Ebron. Um, I don't think that I have him in my top 25. No, I don't. Uh, the reason why is because he needs, as you said, to become consistent. However, 
with the emergence of uh, Golden Tate last year, you know, he's like the third or fourth option at, uh, you know, receiving for uh, Detroit. Mr. Ebron came out of college with a lot of, of ability out of North Carolina, and he was a, a big target who was just a glorified wide receiver playing tight end. Um, the problem is that everybody thought going to Detroit was going to be great for him. I, I am one of those folks. But he's he's not showing that he can do it for whatever reason. I don't know why Caldwell isn't utilizing the double tight end set and throwing him the ball more. Uh, Pettigue actually had a little more uh, to do with the offense last year than Ebron did. And Pettigue was the guy Ebron was replacing. So, you know, I don't know, bro. I think Ebron, for me, is a hit-or-miss type player. Um, he could be, depending on how the depth chart falls out for Detroit, he could be a waiver wire guy. Um, number 25? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think I have one. Eric Ebron. Nope. I didn't have him in my top 37. Excuse okay. me, I apologize. I apologize. I have him at 19. I have him at 19. Okay. You have him rated higher than I do. Yeah, I have him because of the quality of folks there. Um, but people behind him, except for maybe like two or three, um, I think are waiver wire material. So. Okay. Well, this other guy uh, was a big disappointment uh, a few years back. He was former 21st pick overall. Um, he had it's had a couple of surgeries, uh, including a uh, late season shoulder surgery. Uh, was limited limited his um, part in the off season program, um, but they have high expectations for this guy. Uh, I know a lot of fantasy uh, football. Uh, People um, thought this guy was going to um, emerge uh, uh, more than he has. Um, he seemed like he's set after all what took place uh, um, last year. In his third year, that the the Bengals, uh, and I'm talking about Tyler Eifert, are banking on it ha- happening and, and something happening good. For this guy in 2015, um, Ivor is going to focus on stretching the seams. Um, he's going to uh, um, be um, Andy Dalton's um, pass catching tight end in the, in the offense. And quite naturally, this is a conservative offense uh, run by Hugh Jackson, which is going to run the football more. And short and short and safe passes, meaning the tight end should should get a uh, ample amount of um, of opportunities. And opportunities making targets, targets, targets are opportunities. One chicken before the egg or egg before the chicken, whatever. But I'm thinking that Tyler Eifert is a low end tight end one with some upside if he's healthy. So he's my number 24 ranked tight end. Talk to me. 
Okay, so Tyler Eifert. Mm-hmm. Now, I have him a little higher. Mm-hmm. Well, I have him somewhat higher than you do, the, only because I'm looking at what Cincinnati is going to do. All right, um, it's time for him to step up and, and, and take his place. Now, the Gresham is no longer there. Right. Uh, I have him, I have him ranked in number sixteen. Um, as you said before, he's been a little bit of a disappointment, but I think that's because Gresham has come in, or Gresham was there and decided he didn't want to lose his job. So Gresham became a better blocker. Eifert needs to work on that. And with Hugh Jackson as the, the offensive coordinator, and they're running, 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 he has no choice but to become a better blocker if he wants to stay at least with with the Bengals. Um now, he is a red zone target for uh, your boy, Andy Dalton. If you noticed last year, A.J. Green was only targeted in the red zone three times, three times out the entire season. That means Gresham, Eifert, along with the running game, got the ball. So, you know, I think it's his time to have better opportunities. I really think so. I have ranked number sixteen. Okay, the next guy I got number twenty three is, uh, is is in um, in the backyard of Mister FSP. Uh, seems seems like this guy cannot stay healthy. He's got top ten talent. He got, he's a Pro Bowl player in a broken down body, uh, but he's got temp, top ten talent at his position. The only problem is he cannot stay healthy. He just he did just got uh, a, a surgery on a knee issue um, in the last few months. And uh, it's a real concern that this guy can stay healthy and, and perform like a lot of people in his ability think he can. Talking about Jordan Reed from the Washington Redskins. I really like this guy uh, a lot. And I w- want to rate him higher but the injury part of his um uh of his of his makeup is a big problem when he's on the field and he's healthy he he can ball but the problem is him being on the field he can't stay on the field concussion issues and other physical injuries uh i don't know if this guy's ever going to get to his potential that's why I have him rated 23 and not within the top 10 because he's got that top 10 talent. Jordan Reed, 23, Vic. You know, it, it pains me to agree with you about uh, one of my players, but I can agree. I actually have him at 21. Um, the thing is, this kid, given the opportunity, he's RG3's target outside of Deshaun Jackson. You know, he has talent. Uh, he can shed the blocker or the defender and um, hit the scene. He can run the outs and, and the curls, and he can beat most safeties. Uh, problem, health. Health. I, I don't know why his health is such an issue, but it is. And, you know, uh I think Jordan Reed can be 
can be an extremely dangerous fantasy weapon. Um, I need to see what his health is like this year. You just said he, he had a knee scope. Okay, you got a knee scope. That's interesting. Problem is, they're close to training camp, which means you're not going to be able to participate in training camp until right. the preseason. And then that means you're going to have to get in shape, which means you're going to have a slow start to the regular season. Yep. So, you know, uh, that's why I have him at 21. So we're, we're somewhat in agreement with uh, with Jordan Reed. And, and then this next guy, um, I don't know what the heck's going on with him, but he's in a contract year, so hopefully he'll ball out. Um, he finished as the number two tight end in 2013. Unfortunately, he skipped last season's offseason program, and he wound up being the 36th ranked tight end uh, coming out of this year. He caught a eight-year low, and this is unbelievable from this player, 26 balls. 26 balls Vernon Davis caught and averaging – uh, about three and a half yards, uh, three and a half targets per game. He's 31. Quite naturally, there's been a big overall in in, in uh, San Francisco, including the offense. Um, and uh, Gore's gone. Michael Crabtree's gone. Steven Johnson's gone. And, and uh, Greg Roman. And fortunately... He participated in the off-season program, and like I said, he's entering a contract year. So, is it because of the circumstances last year that he fell off, and it just snowballed for the rest of the year, or has he tumbled and his career has fallen off a cliff? You know, I got him rated at number twenty-two. I got him rated at number twenty-two. Hold on a minute. I'm almost finished with this. Got him rated at number twenty-two. Um, he can't be any worse than last season, but you know what? I, this is one of my sleeper picks, believe it or not, for this year. I think Vernon Davis is going to surprise some people, especially working with Colin Kaepernick and, and, and uh, trying to, he's in the contract year. So guys in contract year really try to ball out and make the most of the opportunities. I have met 22, but I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up, and this is maybe a bold statement within the top 10 in tight ends. Talk to me, Vic. JT, I, I can agree with you on all of those situations, mainly because I have him ranked at number 20, uh, just above Jordan. Uh, the thing is this. It's an offensive scheme switch. We talked about it last year. You guys, you know, y'all criticized me about him. I was like, look, this, look what's going on. Da, da, da. You're crazy, Vic. You're crazy. Well, Vic's not so crazy. Um, here's the deal. Greg Roman, he's probably going to maintain uh, that philosophy. Look what they did in free agency. They let Crabtree go, but they brought in Torrey Smith. You know, they let Stevie Johnson go, but they uh, it was another receiver they brought in. They drafted another speedy receiver. But you got Anquan Bolden, who's your possession guy. You got Torrey Smith, who's your speed guy. You've got uh, the other wide receiver, who's supposed to be a stretch guy. Um, and you're going to go with Carlos Hyde as your starting running back. Vernon Davis should catapult back into the top 10 this year, whether it's a contract year or not. Why? Because Kaepernick only has comfortability with two of those guys Davis 
emboldened. And, you know, I'm sorry to say it, VDs from my uh, hometown, Washington, D.C., went to the same high school. He just went several years after me, um, and he has a talent. But this is going to be his last big contract if he gets it, and this is going to be the year that he says, okay, well, you know what? It wasn't me. He's like Shaggy. It wasn't me. You know, he, he's going to prove it if Kaepernick throws in the ball. And he'll have no choice, in my opinion. He'll have no choice. All right. This other guy maybe may surprise a few people. <clears throat> and no, it's not because uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to put this guy in there um, because I'm a former fan of the team. But I think this guy, <laughs> this guy was selected 49th overall in last year's draft. I'm not talking 2015. I'm talking about 2014. And um, he struggled with the playbook um, that 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 they had at the uh, um, with the Jets at the time. But um, now they have Shane Gailey. Who's going to have a more spread offense type of uh, and three and four wide receiver sets? Uh, he had some decent games as the tight end um, for the Jets last season, 2014, 2015 season. Uh, safe, safe uh, target for Geno to get to when he has no choices down the field. Talking about Jason Morrow, number 21 from the New York Jets. Talk to me. Well, I have Jace just outside of my uh, top 25. I have him at number 27. For that exact reason, I don't trust Geno. I definitely don't trust trust, um, um, Fitzpatrick. Bryce Pettit is the only one I really trust, and he's a rookie. And, you know, um, I really think they're going to rely heavily on the run game. Uh, Amaro, he did well for, like, what? couple of weeks, and then he fell off. He fell off because his quarterback couldn't give him the ball. He had a few drops, but it was mainly because his quarterback could not get him the ball. So that's why I have him outside of my top 25. Not because of his talent, but the quarterback behind him. So that's where I'm at. All right, this other guy I'm very familiar with. Uh, he used to play for the Houston Texans. He went over to the um, – he, and he's following his coach. Kubiak uh, left a few seasons ago uh, and was the offensive coordinator last season with the um, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Owen Daniels uh, left the Houston Texans and went to the um, uh, Baltimore Ravens and uh, under the offense that he knows with Gary Kubiak. And he had a decent season, um, but he fared, failed to clear 60 yards in all but two games. Uh, he finished 17th among tight ends in targets and 18th in fan, fantasy scoring. He's not the same guy he was in in um, in Houston, and quite naturally not the same guy he was. In, he's a year older. He's 33 years old, even though he signed a three-year, $12 million deal with the uh, – um, Denver. Uh, he's going to share tight end du- duties with a younger guy, Virgil Green, and quite naturally be behind uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in 
in, in for targets. But, and this is the but I have. Peyton Manning has a knack uh, for elevating um, his uh, receiving core quite naturally and for throwing to the tight end. Even though Gary Kubiak is going to run a more balanced offense, running and in, in, in committed offense that Kubiak is bringing from Houston to from Baltimore, from Houston, or via Houston, I should say. Um, I still think that uh, um, Daniels could flirt with being a tight end one. Look what Julius Thomas did. I'm not saying that the ability that uh, Owens at 33 has the same ability as Julius Thomas, but he's going to be have opportunities because the Peyton Manning likes looking for the tight end. And Kubiak's offense is tight end friendly. So he could be a low-end tight end one, um, but I think he's a later round tight end two. What's your thoughts? I think because of Peyton Manning, he is a top 10 tight end, maybe even number seven, number eight, um, for that pure fact that Peyton Manning is, is his quarterback. He's going to be sharing time with Virgil Green, got it, but Green, uh, to me, is not uh, the guy that Peyton's going to trust the ball with. Uh, Owen Daniels has soft hands. He runs good routes. Uh, as you said, he's very familiar with Kubiak's system. Um, regardless of his age, I know he's 33, got it, but Peyton has a way of teaching old dogs new tricks, and I think uh, at least for this year anyway, Owen Daniels is a top 10 talent. Um, so I disagree where you have him listed. I think he's going to be one of those guys that can definitely, definitely uh, break out this year um, and surprise a lot of folks. Okay. Let's move to this next guy who's battled uh, um, uh, a knee injury throughout the year and uh, really struggled to be a consistent passing passing option uh, in um, Bill Lazor's offense in, in, in the Miami Dolphins. Um, they added some more weapons in uh, Kenny Stills and along with, um, oh, my God, who else is down there? Um, J- uh, Jarvis Landry. And I can't think of the other guy that they, they landed in um, Miami at this point. But I'm talking about uh, Charles Clay. He, he, when, when he's healthy, he's a option for Ryan Tannehill. Um, JT, and, I got to stop. That? Charles Clay, he went to Buffalo. Jordan Cameron is in Miami. That's right. I'm sorry. That's right. Jordan Cameron's in, in Miami? That is correct. That's why I'm Mr. FSPDU. Oh, okay. Uh, my apology. Um, in that case, Charles Clay is, is in Buffalo. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, well, being that the case, I just re- revised my rankings. I still think that he's going to be an option because it's a running offense in, in uh, and conservative offense in uh, um, um, Buffalo. And with a conservative offense with a quarterback that – is a question mark, whether it's Matt Castle, Tyrod Taylor, or um, 
uh, EJ Manuel, he's still going to be a valuable asset uh, to the um, Buffalo Bills uh, when the quarterback can't get the ball down the field to the wide receivers. So he can, he, uh, Charles Clay can create mismatches because he's a very athletic and versatile guy and with, with uh, very soft hands. Um, I see him as a tight end two with possible, possible, depending on how to use him, uh, low end, very low end, tight end one. Talk to me, Charles Clay. I have ranked at number 15. Um, I think Charles Clay is going to be an outstanding option in Buffalo. If you think about what's up there, you you don't think Percy Harvin is going to be much of a threat there, which is fine. Not at all. Um, you got Shady there. You've got uh, Robert Wood. You've got uh, Sammy Watkins and a couple other solid performers out there. This, I, I get it that that means that there's going to be less options for Clay, but that means there will be more one-on-one opportunities for Clay. And what's the best option for a struggling quarterback or a quarterback that doesn't really have a timing and rhythm with receivers? The tight end and the run game. So I think that whether it's, you know, E.J. Manuel, Tyrod Taylor, or whoever, that Charles Clay is going to uh, – he's going to flourish. He might not be the big tight end you want to get, but if you get him um, as your number two, as you said, um, or you get him on the waiver wire, because some people might not even draft him, you're, you're not going to uh, be disappointed. I think he's going to uh, show up a little. Uh, if you think about it, Chandler, Scott Chandler was a tight end for a couple years there, and – he showed up big time, especially for those quarterbacks um, that were in Buffalo. And I think Charles Clay is better. He's a better athlete than Chandler. Not taller, but a better athlete than Chandler. So that's what I got, brother. All right. Just now, excuse me? Happy Shark Week. Happy Shark Week. Yeah, it's Shark Week. Okay. Whatever. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway, anyway, the next guy is 33 years old. Uh, we're going to be going into overtime. Let me, before I start this, this next guy, we're going to be going overtime, but we're going to get through this uh, uh, um, last 15 players or whatever it is to, to, to the number one quite naturally. You probably know who's number one anyway, but we're going to get to that. Um, tune in next week, same time, same place, where the uh, I'm JTAK, the master will be here. Uh, as always, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, another position in fantasy, the QB. All right, with that being said, this next guy at 18 was uh, uh, week-to-week consistency was an issue. Um, he finally placed, believe it or not, top 10 among tight ends uh, and uh, ranked 7th at his position in receptions. But he only scored three touchdowns and managed – Fewer than 50 yards in nine games. Um, he's, 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 he's probably one of the dinosaurs in, in the um, tight end position that he can also run block and quite naturally is a really good uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. I mean, out, out of the uh, I mean, pass catcher. All reliable for uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Like I said, he's number. He's age thirty-three. Um, they gr- drafted a guy, uh, Jesse James, in the fifth round to eventually take his uh, 
position, which is going to be hard because Heath Miller um, is is a type of player, especially in that Steeler offense, that can sneak up on you. And in my opinion, he's really a matchup play, um, especially teams that that are weak against the tight end. Uh, this would be a guy that you, if, if you, especially on a bye week, um, that you put this guy in, uh, um, uh, like I said, a matchup play, and he'll give you some nice uh, fantasy points out of the tight end position. But he's like the fourth option. Um, you got uh, Antonio Brown. You got Matavius Bryant. You got Marcus Wheaton. And also Le'Veon Bell coming out of the backfield. So, you got a lot of mouth to feed in the passing game, and Heath Miller is one of them. But I like Heath Miller in, in at this number 18 spot, and uh, he can give you tight end one numbers in given weeks, depending on a matchup play. Talk to me, Vic. I've got him at number 23, mainly because of, of exactly what you just said. He's like the fourth or fifth option. He is not going to give you anything reliable, uh, but Ben likes to throw it to him. With their offensive line issues, he's often called upon to block. Uh, So I like Heath Miller, but I don't have him higher than number 23. Okay. This next guy, uh, they've been waiting for this guy to be healthy for one and be able to flourish in a – tight end friendly, historically tight end friendly offense from the offensive coordinator. The Minnesota Vikings have Norvell Turner as their offensive corner, I mean uh, offensive coordinator. He happens to be one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. I really like Norvell as an offensive coordinator. The tight end and the running back friendly offense that he runs should help Kyle Rudolph, as long as he can stay healthy with a quarterback that's on the rise in Teddy Bridgewater, being able to get the ball to Rudolph, I think uh, his potential and anticipation of him being a force in this offense is this year. Even though I have him at 17, I think this guy's got tight end, tight end one, potential upside without a doubt. Um, He's only about 25 years old. And like I said, he should benefit from Teddy Bridgewater um, development in Turner's system. So that's why even though he's 17, I still like the huge upside. And this guy can be got. I've done mock drafts and I picked this guy up in very late rounds and if he can give you tight end one numbers and you pick him up in the 13th, 12th, 10th round, that's a steal in my position. Talk to me, Vic. I agree with you 110%. I just have him at number 18, not uh, 17. Uh, everything you just said, spot on. Um, he can give you spectacular numbers. So uh, I plan to steal him today, as you said, in the later rounds, only because – with AP back, oh, my God. Guess what the one-on-one is going to look like for Kyle Rudolph? Guess what they're going to look like? Cha-ching! Yeah. So, uh, if I miss out on any of my top five tight ends, I'm targeting Rudolph as my uh, starter. 
but I have him at number 17. Uh, excuse me, number 18. Uh, so we're in agreement on everything you just said. All right, number 16. Uh, this guy is going. It's a second-year player. He had a, a foot injury coming out of college, and it c- continued plagued him over his rookie year. Big boy, he's what six 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 seven. Um, ASG ASJ I should say, meaning Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, wasn't very good when he did play. Um, like I said, he seemed like he was hindered by his uh, foot injury. Um, but uh, They've gotten rid of the um, Josh McGowan and 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 the play core. Marcus Arroyo is no longer there, and they brought in Dirk Coder, and now they have Jameis Winston, and Severus Jenkins is healthy. And year two is when tight ends seem to find their way. Like I said earlier, talking about rookie tight ends, um, most rookie tight ends don't flourish in the first year unless you're really like Rob Gronkowski or something like that, Jimmy Graham. Most rookie tight ends don't flourish. And if they're dealing with injuries, that's only puts them back that much more. But I got high hopes for this uh, passing attack uh, run by uh, uh, Jameis Winston that the tall tall trees, meaning Austin Ferris Jenkins, uh, um, Vincent Jackson, and Mike, uh, uh, Mike Evans are going to benefit from. So he may flirt with tight end one, low, low tight end one numbers, um, but I'm seeing him as a high upside, a uh, high end uh, tight end two at this point. But I do like the possibility and the potential that could happen with Austin Safarian Jenkins, but I have him only at 16 right now. Talk to me, Victor. I have him at 17. I like the potential. I don't like the quarterback situation. I, I'm i going against you with all the uh, hype around Jameis Winston. Winston is a turnover-prone uh, quarterback in college. That that doesn't bode well for quarterbacking in the NFL if your high turnover ratio is in college. You know, that normally happens once you get the pros. Um, I, the ceiling for this kid is, is out there, but – the fact that his quarterback has to prove to me that he can be mistake-free um, hurts his value, in my opinion. I have not at number 17. Uh, we have him around the same ranking, but mine is because uh, of his quarterback play. I think he could be a lot higher if he had a better and more proven quarterback. Okay. Uh, let's move to 15 here. Uh, following the trade of Jimmy Graham to Seattle, Josh Hill locked and loaded at the Saints' top tight end. Ben Watson is going to be the number two and probably spend the most time uh, blocking. Uh, and the fact is the Saints didn't draft any path catch- catchers in May. And they also traded Kenny Stills. They got uh, uh, um, C.J. Spiller and, and Josh Morgan. And Hill, Josh Hill, me, four four six six speed. That's very good for a tight end. Ten foot uh, seven broad jump. That's very good for a tight end. And uh, quite naturally, if you look in the past, the tight end position uh, and, and its role in this Saints offense, 
played the big part, and I see it playing a big part in the 2015-2016 season too. So, um, I think he's he's probably going to number, be the number three option behind Brandon Cooks and, and um, Marquise Colston, and uh, being a six 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 five, um, he's got a opportunity because of the tight end position to be one of Sean Payton's favorite targets. And Drew Brees is quite naturally because he's on the field. Talk to me, Vic. Uh, for everything you just said, I have him ranked number 28. Uh, he is no Jimmy Grant. I do believe that the Saints are going through a offensive philosophy change. Um, I, I do not believe that Drew Brees is going to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, uh, especially when you trade away a guy like Jimmy Graham and a guy they were high on in Kenny Stills. Um, you still got Marquise Colston um, and a couple other guys sprinkled in there. This is about to be the Mark Ingram and whoever else, and and, um, and uh, old boy from Buffalo, C.J. Spiller show. C.J. Spiller, Mark Ingram, sprinkle in Hill a little bit. I don't, I don't see it being a magical year or a magical play. That's why I have him at 28. Nowhere near my top 25. Well, he's near, but he's not in my top 25. Okay. This guy can easily, the next guy, number 14, can easily be higher. Um, I told everyone that could listen, everyone that would listen, last year this guy would be a uh, a top tight end, and he was. Now, quite naturally, every player in fantasy has their off weeks, and, and they relied heavily on what the quarterback play was. But this guy balled out and his head coach loves him. Uh, he compared him and I don't know if you want to go that far to Antonio Gates. Um, he's a serious pass catching weapon. He had 106 targets last year and ranked sixth among NFL tight ends. And even if Mark and Mar- Mariota was a slight bit better than the quarterback play of last year, Delaney Walker can easily drop into the top five. And, and I'm giving you that now in top five in quarterback because he was balling and he was, uh, he was an afterthought with a lot of people in the draft, not me, but I try to tell a lot of people about Delaney Walker and he balled out last year. And I think he'll do the same with Mark, Marcus Mariota rookie quarterbacks. Favorite weapon is a tight end. And even that on top of that, the head coach loves to get the ball to him. So that's twofold. So uh, I really like this kid. He's possibly he can get, get top five in tight end uh, this year. Talk to me, Victor. I actually have him in my top five. Um, Delaney Walker, I don't know why you have him so low. And, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was one of those folks that JT spoke to and said, as a matter of fact, it was a draft I did around this time last year. And I asked him, between him and Kyle Rudolph, who should I get? And uh, Jerry made a compelling argument for Delaney. I drafted him, and he became one of my mainstay targets. Ladies and gentlemen, Delaney Walker led the team, the Tennessee Titans, in receptions last year and touchdowns. So, you know, this guy will be and is a top five tight end in my book, uh, especially in an offense where you got uh, the fast kid Cobb out of Minnesota fighting for a starting job, and that's the one. I, and that's another guy I talked about. Yep, yep, yep. 
uh, and Sean Green is gone. And who do they have receiver? They went out. The big free agent receiver they got was Harry Douglas from Atlanta. Delaney Walker is going to lead that team in receptions again. Believe that. Uh, I have him a lot higher than you, JT, uh, based upon our experience last year. I am very surprised you have him ranked this low, but I know we got to keep going, so uh, I'll let you do what you got to do. Okay. Now, this this other guy. Now, the big talk is because that because the tight end and the quarterback went to the same school that and they, they balled out when they were in the same school that um, the tight end would be the uh, main tight end for the team. Well, it turned out, now even though I do have this t- that tight end in, in, in my top uh, a few, few spots higher, both these tight ends in the Indianapolis Colts are very good tight end options. You never know which one's going to be the main guy, but you can believe that He's going to mean Andrew Luck's going to use both these guys. Now, at number lucky number 13, I have Dwayne Allen. Um, and I think that he's only 25 years old. He's a borderline 20, uh, excuse me, t- tight end one fantasy target with more upside, um, in my opinion, than Kobe Fleener. Because Kobe Fleener, people, um, hands, I, I believe, and blocking ability doesn't compare to Dwayne Allen. So even though that um, Andrew Luck and Kobe Fleener went to the same school, meaning Stanford, I think Dwayne Allen is more of a uh, a look at that to to uh, for a tight end or a catch or a pass from Andrew Luck than Kobe Fleener. So even though I have him at thirteen and Kobe Fleener, which we get to at eleven, I really like the upside more of Dwayne Allen. Uh, then Kobe Fleener, but I still have Dwayne Allen at number 13. Talk to me, Victor. I have Kobe Fleener at number 11 and Dwayne Allen at number 7. For the exact okay. reason what you just said, you don't know which one of them is going to get the ball. When Dwayne Allen was hurt, um, T.Y. Hilton stepped up, and Kobe Fleener had a lot of opportunities. Um, and he, he capitalized on some of them, not all of them, but he, he did. Um, Dwayne Allen is his go-to guy if he wants to get the ball in the intermediate area. T.Y. is the blazer. Let's let's keep it real. He's the blazer. Now, you're going to have two big guys. You're going to have Andre Johnson, and you're going to have Dwayne Allen to to take up the middle of the field. So that might cut into some of his uh, targets and stuff like that. But Kobe Fleener, in my opinion, might be the odd man out unless Dwayne Allen gets hurt because Allen has a little bit of an injury history his couple of years in the league. Um, so I have Allen at number seven, Fleener number 11. All right, number 12. This guy had one full year under his belt uh, as a tight end, okay? Played 16 games. Um, the first four games he was balling out, 100, 100, 100 uh, catches, um, not a hundred catches. Um, hundred ninety-four and sixteen before sputtering to fifty-one, fifty uh mean targets. Um, and fifty-one, five, sixteen, and three across the final twelve. Um, and then if you notice that uh, Odell Beckham emerged about that time, 
And like I said, he he's going to return at the number one tight end, has one full year under his belt as a tight end. Um, he's a fluid athlete with leaping and high-pointing ability. And like I said, this will be his second season playing extensively on an NFL field. Um, he should be a low-end tight end one. And uh, with some room for more, uh, his hands is the problem. Uh, holding on to the ball and um, catching the ball uh, at times, I think his concentration level um, wavers. Uh, and Larry Donnell, uh, with with uh, uh, that offense and Ben Mc, uh, Ben McAdoo's offense, who a ex Packer who had Jermichael Finley at the time and used him effectively when Jermichael Finley was healthy, will find ways to get Ben McAdoo and his six seven frame uh, the ball uh, through Eli. Uh, as often as possible. What's your thoughts? Number 12, Larry Donnell. Well, you said Ben McAdoo's going to get the ball. So you're wrong there. Well, Ben McAdoo, uh, Larry, as the offensive coordinator, is going to get the I, ball to, through Eli. I, I know, but what you said was totally different. Uh, real okay. quick, um, Larry Donnell, you pointed out, he has a security issue. I have him at number 22. Um, I don't think the, the Giants are going to have a good year. As, as, as I said yesterday, I also think that Larry Donnell is going to be uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Therefore, he's going to be on the waiver wire, in my opinion, uh, for a lot of teams, unless you're going to just stack up on tight ends or whatever. But the bottom line for me is this kid, he flashes really good. But then when you get up close, he's a dud. So uh, <laughs> I disagree with you, JT. Okay. So I have him at 22. Okay. All right, number. Just on spot on. So this is good stuff. All right, all right. Um, uh, the next one at eleven. This guy is a a playmaker. He's a really very dynamic playmaker, but he shies away from contact. He really likes catching the ball and not getting hit. Um, he's Andrew Luck's former uh, teammate in Sanford. Now he's his teammate in, in Indianapolis. Um, I ranked him a little. A few steps above um, Dwayne Allen because I think he makes more dynamic, explosive plays, I should say, um, than Dwayne Allen. Uh, Dwayne Allen being the more more consistent, but Kobe Fleener being the more um, explosive tight end on this team. And he, he's not really a blocker. He's just purely a path-catching tight end. That's why I have him number 11. Talk to me, Vic. I, too, have him at 11, as I said before. Um, mm -hmm. I have him below Allen, though, because Allen is a starter. So, um, other than that, we're we're good. I have him at number eleven as well. All right, Jason Witten entered 2014, having finished sixth or higher in fantasy tight end scoring in six of his previous seven seasons. Unfortunately, he dipped the tenth as the Cowboys, like everybody know, uh, ran uh, went to a run committed offense, forcing Witten into frequent blocking assignments. Um, quite naturally, he became a sixth lineman. Um, he still has 64 catches, which, which was a nine-year low. Um, he is Tony uh, Romo's go-to guy when there's no one else. Um, he's at he's at the end of his nearing the end of his career. He's at he's 33 right now, 
and uh, I still like him because I think if you're going to go to him, I think they're probably going to try to run the ball, but they may be passing the ball a little bit more, and Jason Witten will be getting uh, um, some of those safe dump-offs to Tony Romo. So I, that's why I have him in the top 10. Jason Witten, always a, a solid guy, and I, that's why I have him 10. Talk to me. I disagree. I think he'll be – I have him ranked number 14. Uh, last year was an indication of what's going to happen to Jason. Um, they're going to a more run-heavy uh, style to protect uh, Romo, but they will have to throw a lot more. They will because um, Run DMC and Randall are not DeMarco Murray. But I think because they're going to run so much, Jason's going to have to block a lot. And when they do have to pass – He's going to have to stay in and help pass protect. Um, I think the emphasis is going to be on Dez Bryant. I really think so. Uh, and Jason's going to be an afterthought. For that reason, I have him at number 14, just outside of my top 10. Uh, number nine. This guy's going to be very interesting, and I'm, I'll be surprised. Uh, I'll be really looking at how this guy is going to get drafted. I have him rated number not my nine uh, tight end. Um, he went from – uh, um, tight end hell in Cleveland to um, a offense that could benefit him, even though it has a lot of targets in Jarvis Landry, Greg, Greg Jennings, and Devontae Parker. But you will go from erratic Brian Hoyer to Ryan Tannehill, who likes to throw the ball in the middle of the field. Not a great deep ball thrower, very, very accurate or pretty, pretty accurate in inter- intermediate and short passing. And that benefits Jordan Cameron. That's why I have him at number nine. If he can stay healthy and stay off the uh, um, uh, injury list, uh, he's going to be a favorite target for Ryan Tannehill in that Miami offense. Talk to me. Exactly why I have him ranked number six. Talented guy. And we all know that Tannehill cannot throw the ball past 30 yards. Um, I think that Cameron – Jordan Cameron is going to excel. I think he's going to be a surprise to a lot of folks. Uh, People are going to say, well, because he's in uh, Miami, he's not going to do that well. Well, I I think differently. I think because he's in Miami and Tannehill isn't that great of a quarterback, that Jordan Cameron is going to have even a better year than he had a year before up in Cleveland. Last year was an off year because he was injured, and Cleveland just sucks. But – I think he'll have another great year this year. He's 27, so he's in his prime right now. So, Jordan Cameron, I have him ranked number 20, uh, ranked number six. Okay, getting to the next guy here. He's at age 34 now. I know he he's scheduled to be suspended for the first four games, but I still have him as my uh, one of my number eight. Um, he's a score. He was a scoring machine in 2014. Um, he runs one, one. He's one of the better route runners. Finished fifth among tight ends in catches and seventh in yards. Only Rob Gronkowski scored more fantasy points. Believe it or not, um, they all they do have uh, Stevie Johnson and Keenan Allen and Ma- Malcolm Floyd as wideouts, and uh, their uh, Ladarius Green is going to take his spot for the first four games. If it's totally four games, but I still have Antonio Gates. Um, it's going to catch up. Father Tom soon going to catch up with him sooner or later. But for now, Philip Rivers, 
uh, Antonio Gates are a match made in, in San Diego heaven, and I think it's still going to be in 2015. That's why I have made. I have him at number 10, JT. Um, I think that four-game suspension hurts him. Uh, I think Ladarius Green is going to capitalize in those first four games because he wants to take that job. And uh, and even through uh, Antonio's own words, he thinks his role is going to be diminished this year. When the player says that, that's, that doesn't bode well for his fantasy value. So uh, even though I have him at number 10, he might not even be in the top 30 uh, with this four-game suspension and his declining role in San Diego. Being that this guy was one of the top five picks or top three picks in tight end position last season, and he decided to opt uh, out of uh, taking a contract with the Denver Broncos and took the money and went to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Julius Thomas, I think, is going to take a fantasy hit. But on ability alone, and this is the only reason why I have him ranked seven, on ability alone, uh, this guy, it, it, I think, Julius Thomas, uh, he's only tw- 20, 27 years old. Um, and I keep saying this, and I keep saying this over and over again. Best friend for a tight end is, I mean, his best friend for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, is a tight end. Middle of the field, short, safe pass. They have... Um, uh, Allen Robinson. They have Marquise Lee, and they have an Allen Hearns, who I think is going to be a, 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 a be balling out. But I think, uh, uh, and it's a possibility that he may finish out of the top ten in fantasy tight ends this year. But on ability alone, I think Julius Thomas is warranted being within the top ten, and I have him at seven right now. I have Julius at number ten. Um, basically, based on what you just said, absolutely right. Um, he's going to be looked at by uh, Henny a lot at quarterback. I believe Henny. I'm sorry if I got the wrong quarterback. But um, Bortles, Bortles, Blake, Blake, Blake Bortles. Thank you. Blake is mm-hmm. no Peyton Manning. Uh, hopefully, Julius learned some stuff from Peyton, and he can take it down there to Jacksonville. But he slides from like number two all the way to number ten for me. Okay. All right, this guy, I think they opened the door for this guy, believe me. They got rid of LaShawn McCoy. They got rid of Jeremy Macklin. They uh, uh, um, Basically, they replaced DeMarco Murray with uh, um, uh, Sam Bradford, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who they drafted in the first round, and two running backs in Darren McFadden and, and um, uh, um, uh, Ryan Matthews. And they've been getting this, trying to get this guy who I felt was underutilized um, uh, in the last two seasons um, to to step up. And I think he's going to have no reason not to step up in the Philadelphia offense, uh, meaning Zach Ertz. Um, I think he's going to um, excel in this offense, the Chip Kelly offense, especially when they spread the ball out. Uh, spread yeah, spread the defense out, and he's going to be playing in the middle field. Uh, purely a pass-catching tight end, not w- doing well on the um, uh, blocking side. So that's why I have Zachers number six. Talk to me. Number 13 for everything you just said. Uh, all those young weapons, two smash-mouth running backs, um, 
they tried to get it to him last year. He didn't show up as as well as a lot of folks thought he would. Um, so I just don't like it. I think that uh, he'll be the friends, the borderline guy. So Zach Ertz for me is number thirteen. Okay. Well, this guy, <clears throat> both bro- both these brothers are are characters. Um, one being in Seattle, the other one, uh, one being a defensive player in Seattle, the other one being an offensive player in tight end in, in, uh, um, uh, in Chicago. Um, they, they dealt uh, Brandon Marshall away, replaced him with a uh, number seven pick, which was Kevin White. Mark Tressman was fired. Um, play caller Adam Gase was brought in to run the show. Um, you know what? Gase and his offense did with uh, Julius Thomas in De- Denver, most uh, uh, quite naturally in the end zone. Um, so I'm thinking that uh, at number five, Martellus Bennett should benefit from the type of offense that um, and path catching opportunities that Adam Gase and the offense is going to afford him. That's why I have him at number five. You have him at number five. Uh, I have him at number four um, only because I love uh, his skill set and what he can do, and he's been a big target, whether it was Tressman or if it was uh, the coach before Tressman, which was Lovey. Um, I think that uh, Martellus is going to do well uh, with the Chicago Bears this year. Jay Cutler loves him, and he's, he's reliable. You got a rookie receiver going to start opposite of Alshon Jeffries. So what are you going to do? Go to Martellus and Matt Forte. So I have met number four. Not a big deal. Okay, this guy finished uh, uh, with a uh, thousand yards, finishing fourth among all tight ends and targets. Um, he he he'll be he'll have a high floor and top five tight end one pick as one of the steadiest pass catching tight ends in the league. He was an afterthought with a lot of people in draft uh, drafting last year, which which was a bog mind boggling because, in my opinion, he was uh, the number one target uh, uh, for the most part for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think uh, it, he may take a hit this year, but he's still within the top five in tight ends. And I'm thinking Greg Olson is one of the steadiest and most reliable tight ends in league and in fantasy. So that's why I have him at four. I've, I've got Greg at number three. He was the second highest receiving yardage uh, tight end last year with uh, 1,008 yards, and um, he had six touchdowns last year. Now, granted, Cam Newton's got a, a couple big guys now uh, at receiver, but that just means Greg's going to have to see a lot more single coverage, in my opinion. So Greg also, for me, is number three. Okay, at uh, number three, uh, the release of Anthony Fasano locks up Travis Kelsey into an every-down role, uh, even though they do have number one wide receiver that they picked up, Jeremy Macklin. Kelsey admitted he was never fully healthy in 2014 after undergoing off-season microfracture surgery. He's healthy now, and he did finish eighth in fantasy at his position. He also tied Julius Thomas for second in fantasy points per route run, which hints Kelsey will become an elite scorer once the opportunities cooperate. 
head coach Andy Reid eased Kelsey into the feature role, not making him a full-time player until week 11. Only Kobe Fleener, Antonio Gates, and Rob Gronkowski outproduced Kelsey over the final five weeks. And the topper is this. Alex Smith doesn't throw the ball downfield. He likes throwing a short media intermediate passes to safe passes. And Travis Kelsey, where did the tight end roam? In the middle of the field. Uh, so I think Travis Kelsey, that's why I have him three over Greg uh, uh, Olson, who is four. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a breakout this year. Disagree, JT, uh, a little. I have him at number eight only because of the quarterback play. I do not like Alex Smith uh, getting him the ball that much. He's going to try to get the ball to Jeremy Macklin a lot because they paid a lot for him. And there's going to be a secret weapon that a lot of folks aren't going to pay attention to, and that's an um, uh, old boy that came from Oregon uh, a year or so ago. He's a kick returner, and he plays a little bit of slot and a little bit of third down back. So that's going to hurt Kelsey, in my opinion. Even though you're right, freakish guy, can do a lot of things. Um, he had five touchdowns last year. Um, what else did he have? 67 receptions, 862 yards. Good player. I just don't like his quarterback. I have him at number eight. Well, that's why That's why I, I like him, because of his quarterback. Um, and who, who doesn't like to throw the ball down the field? And I think Jeremy Macklin is going to be a disappointment. They haven't a, a, a wide receiver. Now, check this out. This is the only team in the league, the only team in the league that hasn't scored a wide receiver touchdown since November or October of 2013. Not last year, the previous year. So they went, <clears throat> they went the whole year. They went the whole season without one wide receiver Scoring a touchdown. So what's that tell me? Andy Reid loves throwing to the tight end. He loves showcasing the tight end. When he was with the Eagles, Brent Selleck and company were uh, a favorite target for uh, the quarterback in that offense. And I think it's going to be the same thing. Um, so that's why I like really like Travis Kelsey this year. A lot of people may draft him lower, but I think he's going to be a top five uh, tight end. Let's go to the, the top two guys. Uh, one guy, it's just on skill set alone. I don't think he's going to put up the same type of numbers that he put up when he was with New Orleans. But big boy, big big playability quite naturally. Going to the Seattle Seahawks, who's a conservative and run-oriented offense. Uh, Jimmy Graham is quite naturally going to be drafted as a tight end one. I don't know if he's going to be in the top ten. I, really, I don't even know if he's going to be in the top 10 as a tight end. Look at the tight ends in um, Seattle and tell me what kind of targets they get and see if they're effective. Even though it's Jimmy Graham, even though he may want to throw to him, I don't think it's going to be that he's going to be that much. I really don't. But I, 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 I got him at tight end two for the simple fact of ability alone, and we'll see what happens. Jimmy Graham, two. Um, he is number two to me, and – Seattle's going through a mini uh, offensive switch. They're going to let Russell throw the ball a lot more as they do the transition with Marshawn. Marshawn's not a deal. He's going to be there for, what, a year, two years, and then it's going to be nothing but uh, Russell 
and whatever's left with him. Jimmy's 28. He's got a couple more years left, three, four years left before he's going to have to pass a torch. Um, and I think he's going to surprise and do good numbers this year. I think he's going to do very good numbers this year. He might even have double-digit touchdowns this year um, like he did the past couple seasons. Trust me when I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he's worth it at number two. Um, so I agree with you. Number two, I think he's going to have a better result than what you are saying, though. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about the number one guy. He just turned 26 in May. All right. He's been partying out. People have been seeing him all over the place, having doing Gronkisms or whatever else. Uh, he's healthy and not re- not rehabbing an injury this summer. He's totally healthy. Last year he was rehabbing. People didn't know what what they were going to get. He only turned out to be the number one fantasy uh, um, uh, tight end in all of uh, uh, all of football. And uh, some say he may be the number one pick this year. Some people saying because of his, his uh, um, consistency that he could be the number one pick uh, um, in the fantasy draft. I don't think so, but he's the number one, definitely the number one tight end. I'm talking about none other than Rob Gronkowski. Um, he's money in the bank, whether with Jimmy Garoppolo playing the first four, two or three games, whatever it may be. Uh, or Tom Brady, they're going to be thrown to him because he's the number one option um, in the in the uh, in the offense. He's the number one option, even though they added uh, uh, tight end AJ Derby, added Scott Chandler and Fred Davis via free agency. There's only one guy that they look at um, w- when it comes to getting the football to on a consistent basis, and that's Rob Gronkowski, number one tight end. Okay. Last year, only four tight ends had double-digit touchdowns. I'm talking about Julius Thomas, new quarterback. Antonio Gates, suspended four games. Jimmy Graham, traded to Seattle. Gronk is the only one that's had the same quarterback and uh, been consistent over this these last couple of years. Um year before he had an injury, so it is what it is. 1,124 yards. 12 touchdowns, 131 targets. That should tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. 131 times they threw the ball to uh, Gronk last year. Great number one. Um, Is he a first-round pick? I would say this. If you have back-to-back picks, meaning the last pick in the round, uh, or, you know, in the first or even going from second to third, I would do that. I would because he's that good of a player and that valuable to the team, that he's going to get you the touches, the targets, the yards, and the touchdowns. Um, but if you're talking about first round, anywhere other than at the at the very end, no. I would go, if I'm number one and I have to wait to the second round to get my second, at the end of the second round to get my second pick, I would get Gronk, number two, and then get follow it up in the third round with another pick. It doesn't matter. Interchangeable. But uh, number one overall pick, no. For me or my team, no. Um, but he, he he's worth it uh, in two and three and stuff like that. But uh, great great picks, JT. Few minutes okay. left, and then we can put it on spot on. Okay. Tune in next week, same time, same place, where I'll be uh, sitting here at the Master talking about um, probably QBs and fantasy. Um I want to take good luck to uh, Mr. Gardner, who's going to be leaving the country. 
uh, have a safe trip, and hopefully I talk to you in the near future. And uh, you got something to say before we get the hell out of here? Uh, real quickly, uh, thanks for the love, JT, and uh, I will. You have my other number. Uh, yep. If you have that application, it'll yep. be a free call. Just get that app and, and dial me yep. up. Um, yep. It'll be a week before you guys hear my voice again, probably. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be a lot sooner, but we shall see. Um, I will. JT's going to be doing a lot over the next couple of years. You might not hear my voice as much, but just know that Mr. FSP runs this mother. Oh, boy. But, uh, JT's my guy. I trust him with a lot. So uh, listen to these rankings. We disagree on some, but enjoy your fantasy drafting um, as it begins today. I might At, at 9 p.m. Eastern, JT's going to be on my phone while I'm drafting. So uh, lock that in. And we'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll have JT tell you guys how I drafted this upcoming Saturday on Great. Fantasy Sports and Politics Saturday edition. I'll let him go over for you guys. That's all I got, JT. All right. Have a good, have a good rest of the holiday weekend, and we're out. <clears throat>